Anna has been married for over a year and is mother to the illustrious four-month-old Theodore James. She spent a few years in missionary work for NET in the Diocese of Columbus through Damascus. Anna now works remotely with a Catholic collaborative effort in Grapevine, Texas, known as The Studio and Bummer and Lazarus. Support the studio's creative work by checking out Studio Coffee, available through their website at thestudiograpevine.com. This is a Know His Love story. Uh, the main one that I point back to, the main point I can look at in my life that was a very, very pivotal conversion moment was the first summer I had the opportunity to be a camp counselor at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. It was when I was still on the road, still traveling, so it was much smaller. I had an awesome small group of like sixth grade girls, and um, at the time, I was very much like living like double life of like oh like I was really involved in like youth group and church and going on retreats and doing this summer camp but then I had a boyfriend that like weren't making the best choices like he it was just very unhealthy um and I definitely like I'm somebody who my love languages are words of affirmation and quality time and I like wasn't receiving that from him. I was seeking it out in other places, just like all of these different things, just was feeling like very unfulfilled, very frustrated. Um, so went to camp, got to counsel, and it's crazy because it was a middle school week of camp. So technically the talks and the dramas that were presented were dumbed down so to speak like they were just a little less intense because it's sixth graders that you're talking to for a lot of them the biggest thing that they've been through in their life is my goldfish died the day I forgot to feed it and it's a tragedy but while I was there one of the dramas um I was going through the stations of the cross and it was so it was this really cool side by side they were doing so they were acting out the stations and then equating it to just like real life um, and how kind of like we have inflicted that kind of ourselves like on Christ, like through him falling, the scourging at the pillar that like a lot of our choices are free will, the ways that we choose to step away from him have just like affected that. And that just like hit me really hard. And it also hit my little sixth grade girls really hard. And we went back to small group and they were all just like sobbing and just like sharing about their lives and just all of these like honestly like really traumatic things that were going on for them. And I was just struck though by even though they had all of these crazy things going on, all of these seemingly horrible, tragic things in their lives for sixth graders, or even, I mean, not just things that are for sixth graders, like parents dying or siblings having cancer, all of these things. And um, they were still so joyful and so willing to enter into everything that camp had to offer. They were so excited about worship and mass and hearing these talks and praying together at night. And I just realized I was like, where, where did I lose that? Like what happened? And so one of the last nights of camp, um, 
they did um, a night of adoration, um, just Jesus exposed in the sacrament, and it was beautiful. And I was especially struck by um, the number of seminarians that were there on staff and as counselors, and it was such an incredible witness to the love that they had for Christ and his church and how fulfilled they were in that and how confident they were in that call that this is what they wanted to dedicate their lives to and that they were fulfilled by that. Like they don't have a spouse, like they don't have a physical spouse. They don't have a wife. They don't have like a family in the sense that we think of when we say spouse or family, but they do. And it was so tangible for them. And I could see that and I also just remember thinking, like, I I want that relationship with Christ, and I also want a relationship like that with other people. It just, like, struck me in that moment how unfulfilled I was in this relationship with this guy of just how just meaningless it was in the grand scheme of things and just the little, like, love that was there, the lack of respect, all of that. And I was just, like... Jesus, like, I want that from you. Like, I want that relationship. I want that. And it was just, I mean, just that moment of just like, wow, (laughs) like giving, giving that over, just giving that up. And I mean, it was still, it was really hard, like walking away from that experience because it was like, well, I mean, I could just be like, okay, that was awesome. And still like date this guy and try and turn things around, like, but have a relationship with Jesus. But I just knew like, no, like I have to end this relationship and I need to just really like dive into youth group into a relationship with Christ praying all of these things and I mean I think that's really what led me to end up doing mission work after high school and continuing with camp and just loving um, being there and discipling younger girls and stuff. So I think the biggest thing I can point to is um Like I said, I realized I needed to just, like, not be living a double life. It needed to just all be, like, one way. It was either I'm living for Jesus or I'm not. Like, I can't can't have it both ways, so to speak. Um, And I, during my senior year of high school, I was really considering really wanting to go to school for music, for music production. I wanted to be on stage, wanted to be on the spotlight, wanted to be performing, wanted to be doing those things. And, and part of me was like, oh, well, you know, I could go for music production and like really um, make an impact in the secular world, but maybe also like with Christian music, because some of it's like really rough, like maybe I could make that better, (laughs) have, have some better music out there and whatnot. But it was still very much, um, it was very egotistical. It was very much, it was still, I wanted to be recognized for what I was doing. And um, instead, and well, I guess not instead, but I just knew that I, that just wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And it was more so I had peace about being a missionary over peace of like going to school for something that I knew probably wouldn't be fulfilling. And so I went to be a missionary, signed up for like music training because I was like, well, obviously if I'm a missionary, then this is, I will be completely glorifying God all the time and everything will be perfect and I'll have it all figured out and it's going to be so great. 
and I went to music training and got sick, like had, like couldn't sing, couldn't do anything. And I was like, Jesus, why did you call me here? Like, obviously I was supposed to be here to do music and I can't do that. So how am I supposed to pray to you? How am I supposed to glorify you if I can't use my big, beautiful voice for you? Like, and it was just ridiculous. Like I, I mean, I just, I broke down crying and it was that realization of like, okay, even though like I've lost my voice, like he still hears me, he still sees me. Um, I'm not any less loved because I was sick because I couldn't sing. And I mean, and even now, like I'm not uh, involved in churches like leading worship as much as I used to, but that doesn't mean that I'm any less because of it or that I'm not like glorifying the Lord through my life um and right now just like using music in my life and using that to glorify God looks like maybe singing the Hail Mary to my baby to help him fall asleep at night um yeah I mean and it just the transformative nature is incredible just knowing that I'm beloved by him that I'm seen that I'm known like that just transforms so many other relationships because it also makes you realize like not only am I loved and seen and known but so is everyone else that's around me I mean at its most like basic in its most basic form it means I have a perfect father who loves me who not only have I like claimed him as my father but he's claimed me as his daughter like I am known and loved perfectly no matter what um, my earthly family my earthly parents my earthly father may look like Um, I'm loved I'm known uh, just so incredibly and that in order to really live that to truly claim that I need to be living that out in everything. I need to be seeing other people as my brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing that they're also claimed as sons and daughters. Um, And it's just a beautiful family to be a part of. And just knowing, um, hey, I like I I want to make my father proud. Like not that he's going to be any less proud of me for the mistakes that I make, or it's not that he's going to love me any less, but just I want to love him and honor him and everything that I do, not because I'm afraid of him, not because I'm afraid of any wrath of God or anything. Because, um, I mean, we know the story, the story of the prodigal son. Like, he's going to welcome you back with open arms no matter what. Um, but I just I want to continually sit with him and be with him and be known by him and be in his presence. My favorite way that... I experience the love of God currently would be in watching my husband and the way he loves our son. It's just so, so beautiful and it's just incredible. Um, And also just the way that I love my son and just that realization of like, I'm not a perfect mom. Like there's times where I'm up in the middle of the night and I'm like, will you just please go to sleep? Like I get frustrated or all these different emotions. And realizing though, if I feel like I love Teddy this much, so much, and it feels just like so immense knowing how imperfect that is because I'm so imperfect Um, it's just crazy to think about, wow, 
Like God loves me perfectly, loves my family perfectly, loves my son perfectly. And just like sitting and resting in that and knowing that also just because like I may be frustrated or upset with my husband or with my son, um, God's going to love me through that. And there's his grace and his mercies that are new each and every single day. And I get to experience that through the little smiles and laughs that Teddy gives me when we're praying together at night. And it's just incredible and beautiful. And yeah, just being a mom is awesome. I love it. The Lord just wants you to know that you are his beloved child that he sees you, he knows you, he loves you perfectly and uniquely. He knows the struggles of your heart and he desires to meet you there. He wants to hear about all of it. He wants to sit there with you um, when it may feel like you're in the agony in the garden. Know that he's there too, that Jesus is there with you, that he's holding your hand, that as much as you're praying, Lord, take this cup from me. Um, Jesus has been there. He prayed at first. He knows what that feels like. And he is proof and witness that God never leaves us, that he's a perfect and good father who sees and desires our good, who knows the deepest desires of our hearts, of your heart. He wants to see you happy and loved and fulfilled in this life. And he just longs for a relationship with you. Just simply just turn to him, just look to him, just ask. And he wants to meet you there, wants to meet you there in the brokenness and in the sadness and what feels like darkness and overwhelming waters just that are crashing over you. He wants to meet you there. He made you. He created you. He formed you. He knows. He knows it all. So just don't be afraid to lay it all out there, to bear it all out there to him and and just be open. Just please be open to him. can be as simple as just opening your hands physically or just imagining doing that and just seeing him um, take you by the hands and just saying, come on, let's, let's walk to the Father together. I know that you can't do this alone, so let's do it together. Thank you.